Hello. Welcome to Guides the Unknown. I'm Kristen. I'm William. Thank you for coming and sitting by the fireside with us here tonight. We're here for another fireside chat. That's right. Our weekly address to the union of spooky people. Where we address the nation. Yep. You know, we're technically international, but I also think... I mean, yeah, but... (laughs) We're very technically not. Just saying that is... Uh, there's like one person in China who listened to us once, yeah. you know. Like, no, there are weirdly more. Like, not there are people international, not a, not, not yeah. a ton, but like, yeah, yeah, for sure. We should go in, scary in surprising abroad. country countries that aren't necessarily like primarily English speaking. Yeah, like I've seen that on the little map thing. It's true. It's yeah. true. we have stats. Yeah, uh, we're not good at following them. <laughs> I don't really know what to make of them. Yeah. Heads nor tails. Yeah. Um, uh, Welcome back, everybody. Every week on Guide to the Unknown, Kristen and I do research on horror topics. We come here, sit together, and tell each other little stories about the world of Mm -hmm. terror. Yeah. Terrifying artifacts. And William, speaking of little stories, I think Mm. you've got a little one tonight to start off with. You are absolutely right. I've got a little quickie. Mm -hmm. Um, This is called Bite Size Monster Madness when we don't have something that usually would take up a longer segment. And guess what? It's time for some bite-sized monster madness right this second. That's right. Kristen, I'm going to talk to you right now about spooky skeletons. (laughs) That's a really funny bite-sized monster madness. Yeah. Well, because I was watching a bunch of, you know, people sharing gifts and stuff. It's the Halloween season. Yeah. I keep seeing ones of old cartoons. Mm -hmm. They almost look like Disney-style cartoons. I know exactly what you're talking about. Skeletons dancing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Rolling their heads across their shoulders like yeah. a basketball. Cool. Um, so like a little like, Harlem Globetrotter. Yes. And so I was wondering. Coming to your high school. What's, is there anything other than like skeletons are creepy looking and cool. Yeah. To the, the idea of the skeleton itself sort of reanimating. Yeah. Being a scary thing. Coming after you. Yeah. So there's not much to say here. It's going to be pretty quick. Okay. Uh, basically, uh, it seems like a lot of this harkens back to the skeleton as uh, sort of a metaphor for death itself. Mm-hmm. Not death with a capital D, not the Grim Reaper necessarily. Yeah. Although sometimes the Grim Reaper is depicted as a skeleton man. Yeah. But like, you know, artwork of a bunch of skeletons is mm-hmm. obviously artwork about the end of life. Yeah. Um, and more specifically, it seems like the personification of death as a skeleton might be influenced from the uh, the book of Ezekiel. Oh, okay. The Bible. Oh, I've had his bread. <laughs> <laughs> what? what is Ezekiel bread? <laughs> <laughs> wow. For something that I didn't even understand, that wow. was a real double snorter. Oh my god. It's it's a, a sprouted grain bread. It's very healthy. <laughs> that sounds yummy. <laughs> it's okay. I'm not gonna lie. Right. It'll do the trick when you're trying to be like healthy. Oh, huh, that did the trick. <laughs> you say as you it'll make a sandwich. Take a bite. <laughs> you know? You know what I'm talking about, man? Uh, yeah, I, I figured it out. So um, <laughs> there was the Valley of Dry Bones from the book is Ezekiel. <laughs> Valley of Dry Bread. Yeah. The Valley of Dry Loaves. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. So anyway, before Ezekiel, the bones connected in human figures. Then the bones became covered with tendon, okay. flesh, skin. Then God reveals the, uh, the bones to the prophet as the people of Israel in exile and commands the prophet to carry another prophecy in order to revitalize these human figures, to resurrect them, and to bring them to the land of Israel. Wow. Um, really intense stuff. Yeah. And, uh, as much as like this is imagery that's from the Bible, uh-huh. uh, it made me think of the movie Hellraiser, uh-huh. uh, which is uh, like known for 
pretty revolutionary special effects yeah. of a human skeleton suddenly growing tendons and muscle. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. especially gory. Mm-hmm. Hellraiser is supposed to be one of the like most gory horror films of all time ever. Yeah. Uh, and this <laughs> segment of the Bible made me think of that. <laughs> uh, but also the Valley of Dry Bones. Uh, Dry Bones is the name of a character from Mario games. Oh, he's a he's a little Koopa man. You know, like the the turtles you stomp on. So he's like a little skeleton turtle guy. Oh, okay, yeah, I didn't know that was his name. Yeah, it's been properly introduced. Dry Bones. Yeah, I know that guy plays a Mario Kart all the time. Wow, we've got really a lot of familiarity with the story of skeletons. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Really diminishing (laughs) what's meant to be important about the Bible. Yeah. Um, (laughs) There is then then I loved this. There's a Grimm's fairy tale. Yeah. called The Boy Who Wanted the Willies. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-oh. Go ahead. <laughs> it's about a kid. He's a real... He wanted the scared willies, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he yeah, He wants yeah. the chills. He's a real yeah. sick freak, this kid. Really? Basically, he's... A real thrill monger? He's incapable of feeling fear. Uh-huh. And he oh. spends his entire life chasing it. That sounds dark. That's definitely one of those Grimm's fairy tales where you're like, and this is even darker because it's like, there are people that are like, this is, they're describing a psychopath. Yeah. Is what's going on. It's like, I can't get any thrills. Yeah. No chills, no spills. Yeah. Nothing upsets me. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and so this was a, a segment of it because, uh, the reason that this was linked from the spooky skeletons article is because part of the story is he dances around a fire with skeletons. Uh huh. Does that scare him? Well, here we go. The clock struck two. Bong, bong. Hans heard a rattling, and into the hall marched a long line of skeletons. The first skeleton snapped its fingers. Click, click. The second skeleton knocked its knees. (laughs) Clack, clack. The third skeleton drummed its skull. Clock, clock. The fourth skeleton tapped along its ribs in a little tune. Clackety, click, clock. Clackety, click, clock. Nice beat. (laughs) Oh my god. Hans really needs to. Nice beat. I don't scared. even know what he needs to do. Hans is intense. He's dancing, singing skeletons. Yeah. Nice beat. That's probably where those cartoons came from of the dancing skeletons. Maybe They're you're ins- <laughs> inspired by Hans. You know what? You may be right. Hans and his nice beat. Uh, but everybody, everybody look it up. Um, the story ends with Hans's wife dumping a bucket of freezing water on him in the middle of the night. And he got somebody goes, now that's the shiver. Now, finally, I'm shivering, but I still don't know fear. Oh, my God. And it ends. So, essentially, the story doesn't really end. And Hans... And Hans kills his wife? I don't know. Maybe he's still chasing. <laughs> Trying to experience some sort of shiver of fear? Yeah. He's still chasing Perhaps those willies. Perhaps being caught? Again, that is the boy the who boy wanted who the willies. The boy who wanted the willies. That's great. And it's a real hell of a thing. Yeah. And uh, lastly, uh, I think a big part of where spooky skeletons come from is that uh, there were some of the earliest special effects. They yeah. used stop motion to make people fight, uh, you know, like uh, sword and sandals type movies. Uh, mm-hmm. To have sword fights with skeletons through stop motion animation. Yeah. In uh, movies like The Seventh Voyage of Sinbad in 1958 and Jason and the Argonauts in 1963. I can picture that. Yeah. yeah. Which is like frequently referenced in, mm-hmm. in movies uh, Evil Dead 3, Army of Darkness. Yeah. Of um, course, of course. A lot of video games where you fight skeletons and stuff like that. Uh, the original uh, Legend of Zelda, you fight yeah. a bunch of skeletons and, and, and stuff. Cool. Um, so, yeah, there you go. Sweet. Spooky skeletons, little bite size. Gobble That's it up. the story of skeletons. That's the story of the skeleton. Excellent. Yes. Well, William, I'm going to ask you to go ahead and take her away and do the first story. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I, keep, I say that we do that then. Keeping you on 
thine own toes. <laughs> Fair enough. I will continue my book report. Great, please. Uh, we're going to continue with monsters from mythology to okay. some degree. Okay. Um, I consider the skeleton thing to also be something that's used in fantasy storytelling, like uh, Lord of the Rings type stuff, mm-hmm. Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. And so keeping in that mode, Kristen, yeah. why don't you go ahead and tell everybody at home what you know about dragons? Ooh, scaled, scaled beasts. Um, they fly, they have wings, breathe fire frequently, kind of a fantasy mythological creature. Um, I, what else do I know? But, you know, that's pretty much all I know. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're pretty much right. Yeah. The weird thing is the modern idea of the dragon, mm-hmm. the sort of like giant lizard with wings clomping around on four feet, big yeah. claws, breathes fire. That is not where they started. No, not okay. at all. Like that was almost introduced uh, relatively recently, huh? Which is strange, you know. And I'm still talking about like 500, mm-hmm. 600, 700 years ago, right? But like relative to how long we've been talking about dragons, it's exactly. like later. Yes, yeah. because everybody's been talking about dragons forever. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Some of Look, the- I can't stop talking about dragons. <laughs> I know. Who can? Uh, we've got document uh, documentation about you know dragon storytelling and stuff. Yeah, going all the way back to uh, 2000 BC. Uh huh. Wow. That's old. Yes. That's like on the other yeah. side of sea yeah. from us. Damn. Um, so uh, most of the original dragons were actually just giant snakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh. The word dragon comes from the Latin draconum. That's badass. Which means huge serpent. Cool. So uh, for much of what I'm going to talk about here for the first half, it's literally going to be like if you picture a, a, a big anaconda. Okay. Um, it's a serpentine journey. Yes, exactly. Um, now... This is one of those things where you can, I feel like, inflate the idea of the dragon to be like, well, maybe they are really real uh-huh. because evidence shows that uh, imagery and storytelling about dragons has popped up all around the globe. Different societies. Uh, I love it when that's a thing. Uh, yeah. Like, what the hell's going on? Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. And it's just like everybody had the same idea yeah, everywhere. Right, right. Convergent evolution. Yeah. You know, like we all just agree, like even when you meet different cultures and you have to learn a shared language or uh-huh. something to be able to communicate, at a certain point you'd be like, Do you know about dragons too? Yeah. Really? Oh my god, we have dragons. Yeah. Oh my god, that's so cool. That's so funny. Crazy. Um and so uh, a lot of people have tried to study the phenomenon of dragons appearing in like every you know continent on the planet. Yeah. In 2000, there was a book called An Instinct for Dragons written okay. by an anthropologist named David E. Jones where he basically suggests that within humans, mm-hmm. there is an instinct uh, to fear certain things. Basically, any predators that would have uh, killed our yeah. human ancestors. Huh. So stuff like big cats. Yeah. We're all afraid of lions. Yeah. Um, now when they hug you. Sure. <laughs> Love that video. I don't know. I'd still be afraid, I think. I'd be afraid, too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, birds of prey. Mm-hmm. And snakes. Yeah. Uh, I hate snakes. I hate – scared <laughs> to death of them. They're so freaky. Yeah. Oh, that's just my pet snake, Reggie. <laughs> Is that from Indiana Jones or something? Yeah. And then uh, – I don't goes, like how fast they can move. He goes, I hate snakes, Jacques. I hate them. And then there's a really awkward shot of the pilot of the airplane going – Oh, show a little backbone, would ya? <laughs> and his voice doesn't match what his mouth is doing. That's what happens in like the beginning of the first Indiana Jones movie. I really uncomfortable that. comedy. Hey, I'd eat potatoes. <laughs> um, <laughs> evidently, a fear of snakes is especially prominent in children. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Which is interesting. Hmm. And uh, Wikipedia made a point of saying even in regions where snakes are not common. Yeah. To That's- which I say. 
Yeah. That's a good reason to be afraid of snakes. Yes. If you live in a place where you've never seen a snake. <laughs> right. Of course you're going to be afraid of them then. You're, you're aware that they exist probably, right? Is that their point? That like... No, I think like the idea is like, well, oh, see, how would you instinctively fear it if you've never seen it before? But my yeah. thing is like, if something comes slithering past me that I can't figure out what the hell that thing is. I get what you're saying. Yeah. I'm going to lose my lunch. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah. No, thank you. <laughs> Ugh. Uh, barf. Um, there was also an awkward statistic that 390 out of every thousand people uh-huh. are afraid of snakes. Wow. Boy. <laughs> Say about a third of all people then. <laughs> Let <laughs> let that one sink in. Don't say 390 out of 1,000. Weird. It's very, very bizarre. Maybe I just wanted to be very specific. It's not even like, you know, like 390 over 1,000. You yeah. can reduce that fraction more and more. Yeah, that's you know what I mean? true. Yeah, somebody just took that poll and left it. 100%. <laughs> yeah. Lazy. Lazy. <laughs> they're probably tired from asking a thousand people whether they're afraid of snakes or not. Exactly. They're just like, I'm over this. Yes. I bet they only got to 500 too, by the way. <laughs> Maybe just, just doubled, doubled it. it. Yeah. <laughs> I respect that. Yeah. Um, so the idea kind of uh, blew my mind a little bit. I think about it periodically. You think about if you have pets mm-hmm. out there, people listening, mm-hmm. if you have birds, cats, uh, doggies, yeah. you watch them use their instincts all the time. Yeah. And uh, sometimes I'll stare at Molly, the dog, and I'll just be like blown away mm-hmm. by things that she seems to know that she never really was taught. Yeah. You know? It's very weird. Like uh, there's that whole thing about dogs evidently uh, sense the magnetic polarity in the air or something to find places to go to the bathroom outside and stuff. And it's really yeah something like that it's just like what what are you tapped into i thought it was just a smell thing and they just like like i don't even know what something like that yeah Yeah. um but like just all these little things the dogs do yeah they all seem to understand and it's like well yeah they're using their instincts right but you never really consider what that means for humanity yeah the idea of instincts are crazy to me yeah like uh like sucking your thumb yes yeah sucking your thumb like all those steps that like Mm -hmm. you know infants do yeah the babinski yeah, 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 yeah. Run your foot, your finger along a, a. I hate that. A baby's foot. You used to do that to me, like when we lived at yeah. home together. You just walk by me and do a Babinski. I hate it it's so like, much. Yeah, run Ugh. your thumb up the underside of someone's foot. It They'll sends freak like, out. It sends like a jolt of electricity. Yes, it's through your terrible. Body. So like, I think is that the one with babies where when you do that, they like fling their arms out to the side and then tuck them in. I don't remember what it is they do. Yeah, but they react in a uniform way. Yeah, in a predictable yeah. manner. And uh. I don't know. It, it's hard to imagine because we're such conscious, you know, we think of ourselves as being especially conscious of our own behavior. Yeah. But the idea that we might be doing things mm-hmm. based on a long line uh, inherited yeah. through ancestors mm-hmm. is really kind of tricky. And so yes. are we afraid of snakes because they're scary? Mm-hmm. Uh, do we find them scary? Because that's how all of our ancestors survived. Yeah, they everybody, had to find them scary. Yeah, everybody yeah. listening to this right now, uh, you as an ancestor who was killed by a snake, you exist because of a uh, of uh, like millennia mm-hmm. of people that successfully passed on their DNA. Right. So they all lived to be old enough to have kids. And part of the way they did that was by not getting <laughs> killed by snakes. By avoiding snakes. Right? Yes. So to some extent, we've all inherited yeah. the avoid snakes gene. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's so weird. Very strange. Yeah. D- in- instincts and subconscious are both really insane to me. It's hard to understand. I think yeah. that's also partly why uh, it was so much fun to watch people like um, 
uh, Steve Irwin, mm -hmm. you know, the crocodile hunter. Fearless. Fearless. And doing things that are like counter. This is so, yeah. this is so it's, silly. It's counter to everything natural. Yes. Uh, so, uh, so Bobby, you're and, not supposed to do that stuff. Yeah. Bobby and I, we took an anthropology class uh -huh. and we had to watch, um, as part of it, a video about, about chimpanzees. Uh, so chimp like society. Yeah. And there was the leader of their pack or whatever. He had basically a mischievous brother. Oh, he had like, he was Bill Clinton. He had a Roger Clinton. <laughs> That was just kind of being weird and doing weird stuff. Yeah. And so they Bill Clinton up, was doing some weird stuff, too. That's true. <laughs> they ended up having a battle for the throne. And what they did was they tried to prove their strength to each other by pulling on tree branches real hard. Uh-huh. And, like, pushing rocks over. Oh, man. And stomping their feet in a creek. I mean, because honestly, those are things that chimpanzees don't like doing. They don't like getting their feet wet. And it's that's like that's really funny. It's it's if you boil it down to the essentials like that, like I'm afraid of snakes. So look at it, someone hold a snake. It's like a thrill. Yeah. It's like a thrill. It's like a five roller coasters. That's amazing. How are you overriding every instinct? Yeah, all of your instincts. Yeah. Somebody came up to me once in the city in New York and um put a snake on my shoulders outside a bar to try to get me to, to it's like a thing like it was like a big like big pythony snake or whatever Ugh. and they just put it on me because they wanted me to want them to take a picture of me with it for them to sell to me wow yeah you know what i say free snake yeah <laughs> you start running away i was just like nope 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 no nope. i mean it was like it was probably like 15 years ago or something i think there was one of those like in preschool or whatever so they brought in yeah. a snake and there was like a picture of me like <laughs> with my hand on it like blown away can you believe i'm touching this thing i should be dead i should have died this uh, yeah i kind of remember having a snake in school and seeing like the snake skin and stuff yeah Blah. yeah um and so uh that was one book the yeah. idea of the Subconscious. Mm -hmm. There's another book released the same year, which yeah. made me think that these two people were competing for dragon knowledge. Yeah, were they like, did they live close to each other at all? I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> but this one was called The First Fossil Hunters Dinosaurs, Mammoths, and Myth Sweet in Greek name. and Roman Times. Yeah. Uh, in this one, folklorist uh, Adrian Mayer basically said something that feels very logical that the myth about dragons may have risen because of uh, fossils. People ah. found fossils of dinosaurs, gigantic lizard-like beings yeah. gargantuan in size yeah with no ability to understand what the hell they were basically they uh uh exaggerated oh you know? okay yeah that makes sense yeah so it's that in conjunction with uh uh exaggeration about living yeah reptiles like komodo dragons uh-huh uh, gila monsters, alligators, huh. stuff like that. Yeah, just um, bumping them up a notch, really. Yeah, because they're already freaky. They already look like they shouldn't exist. So, yeah, what's sure. the big deal about just making them like? Well, I guess breathing fire and stuff didn't come until later, but yeah, you could punch that up a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Make it a little more exciting. Yeah. Um. So, like I said, uh, there's stories about dragons that came from all over the planet, mm -hmm. um, in different cultures in ancient Mesopotamia. Yeah. Uh, they were uh said to have the four parts, like the the front legs and and front face and stuff of mm -hmm. a lion, hind legs, tail, and wings of a bird. Oh wow! Is yeah. it? Is there a creature that's named that or anything? Maybe I've just seen that before in some like weird art or something. Uh, probably. It, yeah. it feels kind of uh, almost like a reverse Griffin. From yeah. Harry Potter oh a yeah. Bit, yeah, kind you of. You know. Yep. Uh, but evidently there was also um a a creature like that called Tiamat. Okay. Uh, which uh is from some of the Ghostbusters comics. It was Sweet. uh Gozer's sister. Ooh, nice. Something like that. Right on. Anyway, in ancient Egypt, uh, there was a legendary giant snake called Apep. Mm -hmm. 
a pep lived in the underworld, and when there were thunderstorms and rain and stuff, people yeah. said that it was because a pep was roaring. I love that. I love like God's bowling. Yep. Are angels crying rain? Is that a thing? Without a doubt. Okay. Without a doubt. Maybe I don't like that as much. It's really sad. God, but the angels God. have been upset lately. It's yeah. really coming. But down. God bowling as an ex- explanation for thunder is fun. So I like that a pep is roaring. A pep. Yeah. Plus a pep is a great name. A pep is a great name. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, solar eclipses were caused by a pep attacking the sun god. Ooh, nice man. A pep's pretty spicy. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> also, the uh, Ouroboros. Yes. Which is more of a, an image than a real story, mm-hmm. at least from what I understood. It's uh, a dragon eating its own tail. Yeah. So it's a ring, and every depiction of it I've seen is almost like a perfect circle of a serpent uh, devouring its own tail. Yeah, which is sweet. In Greek mythology, you've got the Hydra, Mm -hmm. many-headed Hydra, Mm -hmm. um, and Cadmus was a dragon. Or no, Cadmus fought a dragon. Cadmus was a traveler, uh, and he was attacked by – he and his men were attacked by a dragon. Yeah. And uh, Did he he dispatch it? He did. He Mm -hmm. fought the dragon. Um, uh, You can see more about Cadmus in Hunter Killer. Just for the uh, record. Oh. You can. Oh. You can. Uh, in Norse mythology, there's the world serpent. Uh-huh. This is a snake that uh, uh, is supposed to, like, wrap all the way around the globe. That's cool. Basically. Yeah. Uh, it, around Midgard. Cool and unnerving. Called. Oh, for sure. Uh, its name is Jorgen, Jormungander. Oh. Which is very hard to say. Jorgensplurger. And in the most recent uh, God of War game, mm-hmm. you uh, are in Norse mythology and you pilot a boat around a little area and the world snake is wrapped oh. around the area that you can you can visit. Yeah. And you can wake it up and it like basically like cranes its neck in the sky and very slowly turns to, to look, look at, at you. you. And hard pass. I say this. As a grown man who was sitting in the comfort of his living room playing this. You cried? It gave me chills and I started crying and screaming. <laughs> uh, no, it was like, it was really freaky yeah. and intimidating. No, that sounds, that there was sounds freaky in a dark living room on a big TV, something turning to face you that's it, like scary and looking you in the eyes, yes, essentially. It kind of did kick in that instinct of like, ooh, this is, mm-hmm. this is not good. Don't like this. This is not good. Like this thing wouldn't even know it was eating you. Yeah, you know what right, I mean? Like right. you would fit between its teeth yeah. almost. You're insignificant. Yes. Uh, all right. Medieval Western Europe. This is yeah. where the real stuff kicks yeah in like gear. dragons that we think of kind of kick in here yes. that sounds right because dragons on castles and stuff right 100 so, yeah. so yeah prior to this mostly snakes bam <laughs> medieval times in europe <laughs> dragon Ooh. city boy um, those dragons evolved so the height of dragon madness was the yeah. 11th and 13th centuries basically mm-hmm. right in there um and the earliest known image of a of what we would consider a modern dragon yeah. comes from the bestiary. Mm-hmm. Sweet. MS Harley 3244. Of course. What the hell is that? Great name. I don't know. But it's like a, a red dragon. <laughs> is, that, is that a book? A bestiary, yeah. A book of a book of beasts. Oh, okay. Yeah. And it comes from 1260 AD. Uh-huh. And so it is finally. Yeah. Now we have the image of like basically a gigantic lizard type thing with little wings on its back. Yeah. And a long tail. Uh very, very cool. Uh, one of the things I did not know about dragons that evidently was part of this original mythology uh-huh. in medieval times uh, was how to combat them. Oh, what do you do? It wasn't just stuff like uh, catapults and swords and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Making the sign of the cross. Oh, man. If you made the sign of the cross, the dragon might go away. That's you awesome. you got eaten yeah. by a dragon. Make the sign make of the, the cross of the in cross, there. And it'll Throw you up. up. 
Oh my God. That's awesome. That is how you can be saved. Boy, that's kind of easy in a way. Isn't it? You know? Just do it. Even if you don't believe. Yeah. Just be like, oh, I got to get out of this dragon. So you just do a quickie and you get out of there. You don't have to fight. It's like not really that physical. I am out of here. I'm surprised that there's so many like epic battles against dragons and stuff like that. Maybe that's why they're like, this is such an exciting creature. All we have to do is like move our arm up and down in a specific motion. Yeah. Let's make it that we have to fight him with a sword. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People are going it's like to like a know. bigger deal. I know this story ends already. Yeah. It's about a dragon. I know how you make the it. cross. <laughs> <laughs> people in theater and go room. home. Yeah. <laughs> um, there were also stories about dragons that are uh, almost like muscling in on territory, which is weird. Okay. So on other dragons' territory or humans? Humans' territory. Yeah. So they would like show up and gobble up people mm-hmm. until the people started to offer sheep. Oh. I'm like, all right, I'll eat these sheep. All right. I'll leave the rest of you I'm alone. I'm sated for now. Sacrifice a couple sheep a day. Yeah. Whatever. I won't eat the people. Yeah. Good enough for me. But what happens seems when you like, run out of sheep? Say, that seems like a temporary solution to a permanent problem. Oh, Kristen, it <laughs> is, it is, it is. When you run out of sheep, you, you offer the children. Oh, my God. You don't sacrifice yourself. You offer the children? Offer the children. Bunch of a-holes. You always make more of those. It's true, I guess. <laughs> yeah, especially back then. Yeah. They're like going to town. And I would have said like, like, what about the, 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 like, the elders to protect future generations or something? <laughs> Yeah, but people probably but died at like 29. That's true. The elders were probably 30 something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it was us. Yeah. We were the old ones. Um, I certainly feel that way sometimes. Yeah. Oh, without a doubt. Uh, and then there was this uh, kind of wacky story. So I'm uh-huh. going to tell you a little tale. Okay. All right. All right. One day, the king's own daughter came up in the lottery, meaning to be sacrificed right. to the dragon. And despite the king's pleas for her life, she was dressed as a bride and chained to a rock beside the lake to be eaten. Okay. I don't know why you do that. <laughs> why? I don't know. I, the dragons can be, uh, like, attracted to Yeah, like, people? oh, she's so beautiful. Never mind. Or, like, thank you for gussing up my dinner. I guess so. I guess it's just like adding a garnish. Like, when you go to the diner and there's, like, a piece of orange on a weird piece of lettuce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, like, you know. <laughs> it's such a weird garnish. Yeah, or, like, when you go to a pizza place and they put a little top hat on every slice. Yeah, like that. Kind of make it look nice. Right. You know? Um, then St. George arrived and saw the princess Mm. when the dragon arrived to eat her. He stabbed it with his lance and subdued it by making the sign of the cross and tying the princess's girdle around its neck. Oh my God. Use my girdle. I'm glad that she got to get out of that girdle, but why didn't you just do the sign of the cross first? Hurry, use my girdle. (laughs) Please get it off me. Any excuse to get this goddamn thing off me. Take my girdle. That's true. Can you unlace me? Yeah. (laughs) It probably took a long time though. Yeah. Stay put dragon. (laughs) of Spanx. St. George and the princess led the now docile dragon into the town, and George promised to kill it if the townspeople would convert to Christianity. Oh my god. Okay. These Did are, they? are these the good old days? <laughs> this is part of it, right? Yeah, I think so. I think this bit. is what we're missing. Uh-huh. All the townspeople converted, and St. George killed the dragon with his sword. <laughs> In some versions, St. George marries the princess, but yeah. in others, he continues wandering. I'm surprised that there are any versions where he doesn't marry the princess. That That's seems strange. like a done deal. All right, I'm like 85,000. Si- yeah, like... Sick bros, I'll see you at Sunday school. I guess he's like a wandering dragon slayer slash Christianity pusher. Yeah, I slay the right. dragon, I'm going to slay these waves. I'll see you later. <laughs> all right, peace out. Uh, all right, that, that, whatever. <laughs> 
Then there's uh, not whatever. Then there's the dragon. I love a surfer, bro. The dragon uh, culture in China uh-huh. that is very interesting. Yeah. Uh, a lot of uh, J- Chinese customs revolve around dragons, mm-hmm. but now uh, they're primarily for entertainment. Yeah. It's like there used to be stuff where it was like um, uh, the word for dragon in Chinese is evidently uh, potentially. It's mm-hmm. potentially uh, onomatopoetic. Oh, cool. For the sound of thunder. So oh, if that's you're cool. saying you heard thunder, you'd be saying the same thing as being like, I heard a dragon. Oh, that's cool. I like you that. Know? Yeah. And it's, uh, if I'm saying this right, it's long. Uh-huh. Cool. Like L-O-N-G. Yeah, long. yeah, yeah. Uh, which I thought was really yeah. kind of cool. Take, again, taking I love an something from nature. What a crazy thing. I know. It, it really is. <laughs> taking something from nature yep. and creating a story around yeah. it. Yeah. It, it makes it so much easier to digest, to yep. pass on to... Um, the next generation and stuff yeah because nature you know god willing is a constant like these things are still going to be ongoing so it's never you're never going to not have a reference point for it yeah exactly and you've probably seen those um when they do the sort of like dragon dance where they Mm -hmm. have the 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 big dragon face and then a bunch of people stand under um like a cloth and they like dance in the streets and stuff yeah ryan and i saw that in portland they um we were there during a time where they were celebrating, I think, the Chinese New Year or something yep. at this cool Chinese garden. And so they had, like, lanterns and stuff. They had, like, a huge lantern. That was a giant dragon. And they did that sweet dragon dance. Yeah. We used to do it. I used to work for an education company. <laughs> you used to do the dragon dance? <laughs> yes. You're so- What? Yes. At a, I used to work for an education company. We uh, we taught English to speakers of other languages. Yeah. And around Chinese New Year, we had one of those uh, dragons and we would, like, Dance in the aisles between desks. Really? They actually stopped doing it shortly after they hired me. <laughs> Wait a second. I think it happened the first year I was there, and they were like, we do this every year, and then I never saw it again. Was there music? I want to set the scene a little bit. I've seen that office. Like You're just like walking between cubicles. Like Were you guys all like blissfully happy? Absolute silence. Because <laughs> I picture being really funny, just being like joyful and holding a stick that has like a part of a dragon on it. Kristen, this was meant to bring good oh. weather and a strong harvest. First person to smile gets fired. How earnest was this? Uh, it was like, boy, like Ernest goes to jail serious. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, no, it was for fun. It was yeah. like we'd well, like, no, put on fun. music and yeah. try to annoy other departments, basically. Okay. I get you know that. I, mean? I got yeah. you now. It so just anyway. sounds like such wholesome fun for it a was. department to do together, just like, just to enjoy together. It was it, wholesome It fun. is wholesome fun, but it's really funny to me that you guys were like, it's time, just all of us. Good, clean, wholesome fun. Got a problem with that? Is your funny. heart so cold? It's funny. With, for, just for your own benefit of just enjoying the dance together. It's funny to me. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. We impress each other. <laughs> I practiced dancing all year for this one day. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, as I said, that usually would have like originally been to bring good weather and a strong harvest. But now it's mostly done for entertainment. Yeah. Which I also really like. Keeping tr- the tradition alive, but yeah. letting it evolve and just being like, hey, guess what? We do this now. It's sweet anyway. It's and it's cool. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's awesome. Uh, and the final thing that I have to tell you about dragons, mm-hmm. uh, of course, is uh, Behold, There Was a Great Red Dragon. Ah, yes. The first book of the Hannibal Lecter series is called Red Dragon. That's right. It focuses on a serial killer whose name is Francis Dollarhide. Mm -hmm. He's obsessed with William Blake's painting of the Great Dragon. Uh, I did a little bit of research into this. William Blake was commissioned to paint like hundreds of pieces inspired by the Bible yeah. in the early 1800s. And he did a series of paintings uh-huh. of the Red Dragon. Oh, so there okay. Was, uh, the, the Red Dragon so and Francis the woman. So Francis only ate one. 
Yeah, yes, yeah. correct. There was like the great red dragon and the woman clothed in the sun. The great mm-hmm. red dragon and the woman uh, uh, clothed with the sun. Okay. Very nearly the same thing. Maybe it's like they each have one arm in a bathrobe. Yeah. You know what I mean? So Getting they're like ready. clothed together. Getting ready. So they're both wearing the same bathrobe. Like, Put them side by side. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there was one that was like the beast's number is 666. Sweet. So there's a series of these paintings. They're really, really cool looking if you want to look them up. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was one of the major uh, yeah. centerpieces of the original mm-hmm. Animal Lecter story. Yeah, he the has um, the red dragon tattooed on the whole backside of his body, basically. That's true. He flexes it for Philip Seymour Hoffman in the movie. Oh, does he? It's so good. That part is so <laughs> Where he like he's he drops his like robe. That's probably why I thought of that. And he's like naked, and he's just like flexing his back muscles to make the dragon stuff look freaky. He like peeks behind himself, like, "Yeah, are you looking? Do it's you see? So weird. Yeah, it is. It is. Like Do you a, see a cheeky little yeah, glance it's- as. <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman looks at his cheek. Yeah, while well, he's like glued to a wheelchair. Yeah, I have no choice but to Literally. See. Yeah, no, I have to. Oh, I see. And I, I right. think he's just kind of like, oh, oh. Like yes. he's like a funny, like. Oh, what a scary. Funny but thing. horrible and, yell. And there's in the book, yeah. the way they describe it is that character, Freddie Lyons, is going like, well, he hasn't let me see his face yet, oh, so I he know. might let me go. I know. Because if I saw his face, he'd have to kill me, but he hasn't let me see his face yet, mm-hmm. which means I might live through this. And then he like opens his eyes and Francis Dollarhead's like, like looking at like, yeah. oh no, listen, I'm so, oh man. <laughs> like, I closed him real quick. I didn't see anything. I, yeah, yeah, it was just a little peek. I don't know. What do I do now? Ugh. What am I to do? The book and movie are so good. Ah, oh, so good. And then in Hannibal, the TV series, yeah. I'm just going to go ahead and spoil it because it was canceled sure. a few years ago. Who knows if it's going to come back? Whatever. I feel like it might eventually just randomly. I like, hope not anytime do. soon, but I have a feeling like something will happen. I really enjoyed it. I, I really loved it. it. I actually kind of want to rewatch it. I've been watching Law and Order SVU. And right now, the guy who plays um, Chilton in, Ham- in Hamilton. In, in um, Hamilton Lecter. <laughs> yeah. Here, uh, keep going for a second. I'm going to grab something from back there. Okay. Yeah. Um, in Hannibal plays the DA, Raphael Barba, and he hasn't been in the last few episodes. And I realized timeline wise, I think that he was shooting Hamilton. Why am I saying that? Um, yeah, Hannibal. Hannibal. Yeah. 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 I don't know. You know, uh, in Hamilton, there's a line that goes, um, you know, King George is going like, he's going to send a battalion of troops or whatever. Uh-huh. And he says, it's funny. It's, a, it's kind of a joke, a right? Joke. He goes, but I'm going to crack up. To remind you of my love, ba da 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 da. So it's like King George is forcing his soldiers onto America uh-huh. to remind you of his power. To remind me of my love. To remind you of my love. To remind you that I'm not gonna let you go. Okay. At least that's my understanding. I've not seen Hamilton. And it's I've, him talking to America. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. He's like gotcha. Gotcha. To America. Gotcha. Uh, and then, but weirdly enough, that was kind of ripped off. Yeah. Uh, because in uh, Hannibal, mm-hmm. he's eating a guy, and he goes to remind you of my lunch. Ba da 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 da. Wow. That definitely really happened. You have to have a pretty intimate knowledge of both of those things, I think, to be able to tell that joke mm. and then be able to understand it. No, I told it perfect. Yeah. So everyone out there was is still. No, laughing. that's what I'm saying. The fact that you could construct that joke means that you must know those things pretty well. True. We should probably pause for everyone's laughter so probably. that they can calm down to be able to hear the next thing. Um, the real last thing that I'm going to uh, tell mm-hmm. and show you is uh, mom just gave me this to hang up in the basement down yep. here. Our grandmother, our mom's mom, mm-hmm. uh, what is this called? What's the, what's the 
style called again? Cruel work. Cruel work. Yeah. Our, C-R-E-W-E-L. Yes. Our grandmother was very talented, and she yeah. made a, a numerous, numerous pieces uh, for both Kristen and myself and mm-hmm. our parents. And uh, this is a piece that I'll be putting down in the basement here, and it is, yeah. if you're watching the video version, cruel work of a dragon standing on treetops. Mm-hmm. Uh, Do you I, think they're treetops? Uh, yeah, I thought so. This I, like pink here because there are clouds yeah. above. True. You know, I always thought. Huh, that I never really of, thought like, about branches. it before. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, that at least was my interpretation. Could be. Could but, be. Yeah, it's kind of cool. We always had uh, a lot of the, these sort of pieces yeah. in the house. Yeah, I um, love them. I still need to find a really good, suitable place down here. Yeah. The home studio for it. Uh, it's so cool. But yeah, I like it a lot. A little dragon that's been staring us in the face our entire lives. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. love it. Uh, so there you have it, everybody. Good the story of the dragon. The dragon. The dragon. Sweet. Well, William, I'm going to bring us some intergalactic dragon slayers, I guess you could say, in a way. I can't wait to see if this is a good transition or a terrible one. The men in black. <laughs> okay. Take it. Not bad. Wait a minute. Yeah. Hold on. Uh-huh. Were we singing the Men in Black theme song yes, before we, we started were. the show tonight? Yes, we were. Did you do did you start that or did I? I did. Really? That was my little secret Easter egg to you. Were you intentionally so I was singing? Playing, I was a sick junko. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Did you The whole while I was smiling inside. He's like, yeah, he doesn't even know why I'm singing this song. <laughs> He's gonna find out, isn't he? This rube has no idea what's <laughs> <Yeah>. in <laughs> store. That's funny. I know. Huh. You didn't do that accidentally and then realize, like, oh, I'm letting it slip. Because I've done that. No, I did on purpose. I've done that before where my topic is something, you know, stupid. Like, my topic was Jason Voorhees or something. And I'm going, like, uh, uh, get him, Jason. Get him. I'm like, oh, she's going to know what I'm doing now. Why am I doing that? (laughs) No, I did it on purpose because I thought it was funny. Wow. Good Easter egg. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. I I listened to the song on the way here. So it was my my brain. Get yourself pumped up. Yes. Did you listen to the Pitbull one from the third movie? No, I only listened to the original. We live so close to each other, it like ended right when I pulled up. So you drive around the block a few times. <laughs> you gotta get it all in. Now freeze. Okay. So <laughs> That's when you're at a red light. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's when I pulled up and parked. <laughs> yeah. So, William, something that I find interesting about the men in black is that there's the traditional, I guess we'll call it, sure, interpretation with Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith where the men in black are people who come in to kind of like debrief you and try to like get you to not talk about an alien encounter or something yeah, like that. Erase your memory. Mm-hmm. Sure. Like government stooges who are flying in to do something to you. Um, I've been actually sitting on this topic for a long time, which I'll tell you in a second, but then I thought to do it now because when I watched American Horror Story last week, there's like a two second men in black thing in it basically. Oh. And I was like, Oh yeah, I've been talking, I've been thinking about doing men in black. Cool. So the thing is, um, in American Horror Story, they were having them be like real life government people. But the other idea of men in black, which seems like it's actually the first version of what men in black are, was actually that they themselves are aliens. Oh. So either extraterrestrials or ultra terrestrial, ultra terrestrials where they might be something from a different universe or from like a different dimension basically i don't think i've ever heard i know i hadn't either it's pretty sweet it's like there's a theory about ultra terrestrials where like everything that we think are kind of mythological so like fairies and um probably dragons like things like that that those are real things that are just from a different dimension you would call those ultra terrestrials you know Mm -hmm. uh, if i can guide everyone's attention to something that is starting up right now Mm -hmm. that not many people know about 
Um, there's a guy named Sargell 18. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not his real name. Yes. He believes that he came out of the Philadelphia experiments mm-hmm. where they were trying to breed like a, a I don't really know an about alien that alien human hybrid or something like that. Okay. I'm getting I'm getting a lot of this wrong. Anyway, yeah. he calls himself a sergeant of light. Mm-hmm. He's a he's a warrior for good. Okay. He's the eighteenth mm-hmm. of these beings. Mm-hmm. Um I first heard about him on the podcast Tell Him Steve Dave, mm-hmm. where they did a short-lived series called Overkill, which focused exclusively on the paranormal. Yeah. They interviewed him on the show and he was talking about how he discovered a portal in New Jersey where you can see beings there like a brontosaurus. Was from- it by any chance, does this ring a bell? Was it at a rock called Tripod Rock? It wasn't. It was in Wanaka. It was in. Tri- it no. wasn't. Oh no. Okay. Not as yeah, far yeah. as I know. I mean, maybe yeah. maybe this is the same thing. But he keeps okay. saying it's in Wanaka, New Jersey. I think. Okay. I don't remember where Tripod Rock is. But I know that's supposed to be a vortex in New Jersey. Okay. Possibly because he's story talking for about, another day, folks. He is talking about the vortex. Yeah. So he says that you can see the devil there. You can see aliens, and the way he described them as they they are beings from another reality. So sometimes the way he describes it, he makes it sound like it's a dinosaur seeing you through time. Yeah. Sometimes he makes it sound like the Mothman is coming from like Earth, you know, 22, another version of our reality, something like that. Right. Anyway. The Mothman would be an ultra terrestrial as well. Okay. Okay. Comes into this. Because he has said that. Mm -hmm. So uh, I first heard about him on Tell Him Steve Dave. He did a couple of appearances. They were all very fun. He has a good sense of humor. Yeah. I remember it was a long time ago, but I remember listening to it and I liked it. Very. I've listened to his interview probably like 10 times. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm also just a big Tell Him Steve Dave fan. Yeah. So, uh, (laughs) but what can you do? So, Sarge L18, I started following him on Facebook and literally within the last week. Oh, yeah. I was here when you pulled it up. Yeah, yeah, really? yeah. Uh-huh. Within the last week or so, he started putting out new videos. Mm-hmm. So he's put out probably about 10 oh, wow. right now talking about his history, what the beings are, the people who've tried to stop him from sharing this information with the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, so everybody out there, go look up Sarge L18. Yeah, I'm going to now. Because essentially right now there is somebody who uh, – and I only say these things because you know you never know the, the real truth yeah. behind something. So I will sure. say there is a person out there who uh, claims that he has had encounters with aliens, extraterrestrials, monsters, demons, ghosts. He says that he is the person who discovered orbs. Okay. He says he's the person who gave orbs huh. to the world. Okay. Um, so everybody can go watch new information coming out yeah. of this man on YouTube. All right, sweet. Um, so, so look him up. Sorry to derail I'm definitely going to look. No, that ties in perfectly his videos get about, on multiple levels his videos are getting like in the low hundreds uh-huh on youtube let's give him a little boost and i and i feel like this is the kind of thing that someday somebody's yeah. gonna go like hey can everyone guide their attention <laughs> yeah. to this guy over here he's been making videos for a long time that nobody's talking about yes. yeah so i've been watching very quietly yeah <laughs> i have but everybody out there ah. go take a look sarge l18 i'm totally gonna look now sweet yeah well no seriously that ties in perfectly to multiple aspects of this story basically so when i first heard about the idea of men in black being not just like the government people shutting it down or whatever was when i was researching the mothman for episode three Mm. i came across this story about um indrid cold hell of a name who's an alien what have you heard this before yes okay well yeah 
Okay. Keep going. Sorry. Okay. And then you'll, you'll figure it out or whatever. So this thing happened in West Virginia, um, in 1966, I believe it was, which is where the Mothman thing happened. So it'll tie in in a minute. So there was a traveling salesman whose name was Woodrow Derenberger, <laughs> which is a name and a half. Oh, it is. And he was driving and he noticed something weird driving behind him. This like kind of like, you know, kind of a car, but sort of like an objecty craft thing. And it ended up coming around and cutting him off, like coming in front of him. So he had to stop his car. And this guy came out of the vehicle, I guess you would say. And as he's walking toward Mr. Derenberger's car, his vehicle shoots up into the air about 40 feet. It was just like hovering. Whoa. So it was this guy with slicked black dark hair wearing like a shiny black suit. And his mouth was just frozen in a grin, like a creepy grin. And so... Uh, I'm going to say Woodrow because it has fewer syllables. Let's go with that. So Woodrow, it's easier to say, um, said that the guy came to his car and he told him telepathically, like, so this man, Woodrow heard him saying in his, he- in his own head, told him not to be afraid and that he wasn't going to harm him. Um, and he asked him to roll down the window and said that his name was Indrid Colt. Okay. So um, apparently Woodrow felt like this was like kind of legit. Like he um, was like, oh, all right, like, I, I don't feel that scared, but he was weirded out. So Indrid Cold um, said that he was interested in the city lights that were in the distance a little bit further, and he asked what they were. And Woodrow said that's a city, and that pe- and so I guess the guy was like, "What is city or whatever?" Is that people go there to work? What and, is city? Yeah. So he's like, people go in there to work in different businesses or whatever. And so then Cold told him that they called um, cities gatherings where he comes from. Okay. And so Woodrow's like, oh, okay, interesting. So he asked if people live in the city and Woodrow said that, like, you know, some people do, but they mostly live in like small towns around it. And um, Cold nodded and said, uh, it's been nice talking to you, Mr. Derenberger. We'll be seeing you again. Oh. And then he turned around and same as like how um the vehicle shot up while he's walking away. When he's walking back to his like where the vehicle would be, it starts lowering. So they almost like I imagine this part. It's almost like they met in the middle. Like the vehicle had the perfect time for him to just be able to like smoothly walk into it, basically. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's sweet, right? That's the kind of convenience that I'm looking for, by the way. Oh, beyond Out of technology right Completely. self-driving is fine i and want everything, the car but like, to appear when i'm ready to get into it when i'm chilly and i just want to get in there and get that air cranking or alternately very hot and yep. that air conditioning if it could be ready to roll yeah that would you be want great. to just start to sit down wherever you're standing and a chair appears beneath you you know what i mean yeah yeah yes so uh a moment ago i kind of stuttered for a second i was like hey yeah. hold on just keep going uh what i was referring to uh, is the fact that somebody messaged us in the last couple days, one day ago, as of this recording, and suggested to us the topic of Ingrid Cold. That's weird. Yeah. So I was wondering. Indrid. You did Indrid. Yeah. You didn't see this. No. Message. No. Reggie. Reggie, if you're listening, thank you for sending us this tip. Thank I responded for- <laughs> and said that we'd have to check it out, and here I am sitting with Kristen, who's telling me the story right now. Coincidentally. That's, that's weird. Reggie, thank you for telepathically sending this topic to me, not unlike Indrid Cold talking to Mr. Walgenberger or whatever the hell yeah. his name is. Yeah. So the second you said the name, it like, yeah, it, it, it very much surprised me. Is this one of those things where we talk about That's that? That's so weird. That like little voice that whispers in your ear an idea. Did maybe did the same voice whisper in Reggie's ear and yours? Maybe. That is so strange. There's not recent news about Indrid Cold, is there? No. I don't know. That's so weird. Also, 
kind we get of a lot of great res- recommendations yes, from, from we do. listeners Please. and viewers. So always feel yeah. free to, to send potential topics to gttupod at gmail.com or message us. Absolutely. That's crazy. Also weird, not to harp on it too much or whatever. Like I, so I wanted to do Men in Black and I was like, what the hell was that story that I found with the Mothman? I was Googling all these different things like Men in Black, Mothman, all this stuff and it didn't work. And I was about to give up and then I was like, cold. So I Googled um, Men in Black cold and I found the story. Wow. So it just like, I just remember the name cold. Summit. This is so weird. Yeah, that is well, very coincidental. I like it. Literally, we were, I received this message yesterday at 5 p.m. It is today at 9 p.m. <laughs> That's bizarre. A little over 24 hours ago. I must have sensed it. Very weird. Weird. Um, so, yeah. So, that's a sweet-ass story. Reggie was totally right to recommend it because I loved it. And it made me want to look into Men in Black stuff further. So, that happened. And then later that year in the same area in 66 is when the Mothman sightings started. Wow. So, um, some people think that maybe Indrid Cold was the Mothman. I was going to say. Um, some people think that he was there to observe and look into the Mothman. Like, as kind of like an alien life form kind of thing that knew something was up and was like let me check this out maybe monitor it manage it somehow or something um and nobody seems to think that he was a human man in, man in black like everybody thinks this is like an extraterrestrial man in black yeah um so another extraterrestrial man in black situation that i thought was really cool and there are a whole bunch of them but another like story is that there was a guy um so years before that even happened this happened in 1952 i believe it was the mothman thing with injured cold that I just talked about happened in 66 there's a guy named um albert bender in bridgeport connecticut um who founded the uh, thing called the International Flying Saucer Bureau, like right after there were a whole bunch of like flying saucer reports kind of in America in the West. And he like kind of like whipped it up and got it going for a time when there wasn't the internet or anything. There were 600 members. He had like a quarterly newspaper that he put out and his house was like the hub of activity where they would have meetings and stuff. So huh. it was obviously like local meetings of people who could come to it. Um, but his house was the meeting point. And it sounds like it was a crazy house um he was the chief timekeeper at acme shear company which was the world's largest manufacturer of scissors and um this article which is from the bridgeport library you know i love a library website um said that perhaps it was his sense of humor but in an ironic salute to his job bender filled his living space with an an assortment of 20 chiming clocks every 15 minutes half hour and on the hour his house resounded with the din of bells 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 wow but the cacophony of ticking timepieces and alarms were merely a small part of bender's eccentricities the timekeeper enjoyed his privacy living in the attic and its small connected den of his stepfather's three-story home um at some point when bender entered his late 20s he adorned his realm with a collection of monstrosities faux skulls shrunken heads and his own original outsider art should friends stop over albert made sure to complement the atmosphere with unnerving sound effects featuring thunder sobbing and hissing noises on his record player sobbing and enamored with ghost stories and horror movies the terror connoisseur claimed his blood flowed with ancestral witchcraft fittingly bender dubbed his attic room his chamber of horrors wow the sobbing will do it i would think i think the sobbing was him alone that, uh, that sounds like a lot this guy seemed like he had some stuff going on now i will say I think we've made a mistake by not telling people that our lineage is that of a demon or whatever. 
Oh yeah, that we don't have that we have uh, ancestral witchcraft. Yeah, like, you know, like we I mean, that's how I knew about the injured cold thing. Maybe we should be it saying sense. stuff like that. I'm actually half ghost or yeah. something. You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah whatever. Um, so yeah, so he had this organization that had tons of people and everything, and he had a pretty active newsletter that came out quarterly. So it was like kind of a decently sized operation. So he started to feel like he was being watched. Um, when he was out and about, he said that he was at the movies one time and he realized that a strange man with a glowing red eyes was observing him Ooh. at the movie theater. Um, he felt like he was being shadowed when he was walking around in town. And he said that he was telepathically hypnotized and levitated one night. Um, but the worst phenomenon, William, was the stench of sulfur, sulfur filling his attic. Oh, just the attic? Well, that's like where he like lived. That was like his domain. That was like the treehouse of horrors or whatever that they called his house. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess it had, it didn't migrate down to the house yet. Right. It started in the attic. <laughs> okay. So um, he wanted to reach out to alien life telepathically. So he, I mean, this is actually very sweet. He formulated a plan that he put out in his newsletter where he asked everybody who gets the newsletter at a certain time to memorize and silently recite a letter that he had written to hopefully connect with alien life, like via like this simultaneous, everything the same thing. Hopefully it'll like shoot something up into space. Cool. So what it was, was calling all occupants of in- interplanetary craft, calling occupants of interplanetary craft that have been observing our planet earth. We of IFSB wish to make contact with you. We are your friends. And they repeat it over and over again. Wow. So probably a bunch of people participated in it. And um, it seemed like it maybe had some results in Albert's life. So the sulfur smell spread to other rooms, and he said that he was telepathically told... That doesn't sound good. ...to stop digging around. He got messages that said, like, this is not your business. Like, stop probing into this, so to speak. Alien joke. You understand. Right. <laughs> um, a yellow mist started to gather in the attic along with the sulfur smell. <laughs> Sounds like trouble. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds familiar. <laughs> Not to me. <laughs> um, he said um, that the next issue of Space Review, which was the name of the quarterly magazine, would have a startling revelation. But then that startling revelation never came. He doesn't die or anything. It's not as ominous, ominous as that. But he said that in July of 53, he was visited at his home by three men. And I'm just reading this from the library website. Bender stated all of them were dressed in black clothes. They looked like clergymen, but wore hats similar to the Hamburg style. Who knows? The of course. No- of course. I mean, Heisenberg's? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is a style of hat I recognize. Yeah, a breaking bad. Yeah. Um, the notorious men in black, always in threes, made it clear to Bender that he was to immediately halt all UFO work. They communicated telepathically. Stop publishing. Before departing, the MIB confiscated copies of Space Review, and in their wake, a yellow fog materialized in the upstairs rooms of the house. Again, the vile odor of sulfur wafted through the attic. Unnerved by the uh, unnerved by their otherworldly presence, Albert shuddered that he was scared to death and was, un- and was unable to eat for days. The 32-year-old timekeeper would be the recipient of repeated Men in Black visits. Wow. Um, so after that, he was freaked out. So he eventually shut down his his little company thing, and he moved to California where he lived until he was 94. Um, and he had a, mes- uh, a message when he shut down the company in the last issue of his quarterly thing. Um, he said that 
Cha-cha-cha. The mystery of the flying saucers is no longer a mystery. The source is already known, but any information uh, any information about this is being withheld by orders from a higher source. We would like to print the full story in Space Review, but because of the nature of the information, we've been advised in the negative. Huh. So, um, you know. <laughs> Just one of those things. Just one of those things. So, Because there's not really information about him after he moved. Like He lived in Connecticut for a little bit while longer and then retired at least from the saucer business to California, like yeah. lived a long life. So basically, like, was it paranoia born of being so super into this stuff that you really start to believe it and you're seeing these things everywhere, you're seeing glowing red eyes, you're imagining somebody's trailing you or whatever? Was it kind of wishful thinking? Because right. it would be kind of exciting if this stuff was real that you're super duper into. So you actually, in a way, want to think that you're being trailed because it shows that you're onto something and you're not just dedicating your life to something that's not anything. Right. Or did all of his concentrated interest in the subject, plus the concentrated interest of other people who are into it, like open up some sort of door? Yeah. Hard painting to say. a target on his back. Yeah, essentially, yeah. basically. Um, as far as alien instances of Men in Black, there are also a lot of really, really weird things of like joke aliens who like don't know how to function on Earth, basically sightings. Okay. So um, somebody said that somebody came to her door and that he was like a Men in Black. His his whole appearance situation was that the black suit, the whole deal. Um, his clothing appeared to be brand new. Even the soles of his shoes were clean and unscuffed. When the lady offered him some jello, he tried to drink the jello and asked and acted as if he'd never seen it before. Um, and then there was another one, a man in black, who went and said that they didn't know how to use a knife and fork at a diner, and a waitress had to come over and show the man how to cut his steak. They didn't chew their food, they just kind of swallowed it. Many thought of them as mysterious beings, beings of unknown origin, poorly pretending to be human. Now, that's awesome yeah. and weird and funny. Yeah. But also, it just made me think about Twin Peaks. Mm-hmm. In the yeah. third season yeah. of Twin Peaks, uh, this, this is the premise. So, spoiler alert for the second season finale from tw- of Twin Peaks, which mm-hmm. was beginning of 90, 1990, yeah. whatever the 90s. Yeah. And uh, uh, Dale Cooper, an FBI agent, gets sucked into what's called the Black Lodge, mm-hmm. sort of a supernatural realm. The new season, which uh, came out last year shows what happens after 25 years being stuck in the lodge. Yeah. You get kicked out and you basically don't have your memory and you're all screwed up. So this guy who was a really charming, charismatic FBI agent comes Mm -hmm. out and he's unable to do basic stuff. He's like a shell. He doesn't know what elevators are. You're right. Dougie would try to like drink Jell-O. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He can't talk or anything. Yeah. And there are theories that Twin Peaks is about aliens, obviously. So that's kind of interesting, right? Interesting. I also have a pet theory um, given that we're believing all of this kind of stuff is real. What if black-eyed kids, which we talked about in episode two, grow up to become men in black? Ooh, that's great. Right? Isn't that good? That's wonderful. Yeah, because the like it's not as goofy as them being like they don't know how to use a knife and fork or whatever, but they also are acting the way that like humans don't act, like talking in a really unnatural way and being really forceful and like creepy. So what if they somehow evolve into maybe they're not all as bumbling as that, but those are just baby extraterrestrial men in black yeah i love it right i love it black-eyed children become men in black yeah totally. that's great yeah it's sweet right yeah um so yeah listen to episode two if you want to hear more about that because i love black-eyed kids yeah stories. for sure so last one i will leave you with story wise william is a more traditional men in black story about like agents coming to probably prevent somebody from spreading information about aliens or looking too far into it 
going to take you to talk to our friend Dan Aykroyd. Oh, my gosh. So he was filming a show for the Sci-Fi Network called Out There, which ended up never airing for reasons. I'll tell you in a second. The story is crazy. It's very short, but I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. For people who don't know, Dan Aykroyd genuinely believes in ghosts and aliens. Mm -hmm. Um to the point that, like, you would have thought that the man who came up with and wrote Ghostbusters uh, would be taking a look at everything through, like, a lens of comedy all the time and with a, 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 a grain of salt. Yeah. Uh, not the case. Yeah. Uh, his character in Ghostbusters is, like, saying a lot of stuff that he seems to actually believe. Yeah. So I think he's a little bit of a mouthpiece for Dan Aykroyd, basically. Yeah. I bet he believes they're ultra-terrestrial. Like, I, I could see him thinking that those are all things from just, like, the same other dimension. And he would say it all like this really rapid-fire. He'd be talking yeah. about all these free-roaming vapors and these extraterrestrials who come down here. They're very upset with us, by the way. They did not like what we did. And anyway, when we go <laughs> do, do this, really good Dan Aykroyd. he says everything so fast, takes no breaths. I think, it's my personal theory, uh-huh. that he admires it in people when they are able to rapidly get a bunch of stuff off their chest and, and throw out big words like it's nothing uh-huh. so he does that why do you think he's not just like that isn't just one of those people well you you are what you do you know yeah I mean? so like because he does it he is like that yeah but i think that he it's sort of a persona that he he tries to tap into a little bit to uh-huh. seem really serious about it it could he, de- he definitely I'm really wants not to be fooling around seriously. here i'm gonna be talking about the extraterrestrials and by the way they are real and i don't think we'll be making contact not anytime soon you're gonna have you to me. keep up yeah, exactly. Exactly. Keep up with me. Yeah. I'm yeah, because on... I got a lot going on. Yes. Yeah. Um, so he had a show that would surely be rapid fire called Out There. That was going to be on the Sci-Fi Network. It was supposed to be eight episodes, and he'd filmed some of them already. And he was in New York filming an interview with two guys who were like experts in the paranormal field. I can't remember their names right now. But they took a break for just whatever. They were taking a break. And he went outside to smoke a cigarette on the street. This is where the story got, I mean, just for one second, crazy in a different way. He says that he's smoking a cigarette. Britney Spears called him because she wanted to ask him if he'd be on a skit with her on Saturday Night Live. I was like, why do Britney Spears and Dan Aykroyd know each other? Like, why are they on a basis where he's like, so Britney Spears called me. Like, he didn't even seem weirded out, really. They were in the movie Crossroads together. Oh. Yes. She played, I think, his dad. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) this sounds like an awesome movie. I'm going to have to check this out. Freddie Spears played Dan Aykroyd's dad in the movie Crossroads. (laughs) This sounds awesome. (laughs) That does sound awesome. Hello, father. She has to do his affect because it's, it's she's like, well, his is so strong. Yeah. Like, he's not going to be able to bring it down. I just have to bring it up so he it seems like you learned it from, it from me. me. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> well, so he said that Britney Spears called because she wanted him to be in a sketch, sketch with her when she was hosting Saturday Night Live. So he said he's smoking a cigarette. Britney, he's on the phone with Britney Spears and he sees this like car down the street, like a black car that he assumed was like a cop car or something. And he said, I can't remember the number. I don't remember if it was one guy or two or three guys. But he's like, guys got out in black suits and everything and i thought did he think those were like blues brothers cosplayers at first because basically <laughs> yeah. the men in black look like the blues brothers true my little joke you understand <laughs> but um, but anyway he said that th- i think it was maybe one guy he said this guy looked at him and gave him just like a dirty dirty look like just like really gave him the stink eye real quick and he's like that's weird and he i was watching the video of him talking about it. he said that he basically like looked at the guy was like that's weird looked away for a beat looked back in the car and everything was gone oh and he was like what the hell he walks back in after a cigarette break um they got a call from the network 
that said, I think they worked a little bit more. I think they did a little bit more of the interview. Then they get a call from the network saying like, shut it all down. We're not doing this show. It's not airing. Don't do anything else at all. And that was the end of the show. Whoa. Yeah. That's crazy. So it never aired or anything. This interview was from, I think it was from that same interview that they released on Netflix of him talking about UFOs or whatever from like the early 2000s. Yeah. And he was like, maybe we'll do something with it on DVD or something. And it doesn't seem like they ever did. I did light Googling to see if I could find something. Um, and it seems like that show is just gone. That is wild. Yeah. That's cool. So that's a traditional Men in Black story with a little twist of Britney. Yeah. <laughs> The way I prefer my stories. Ah, that's great. I know. That's sweet. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. I love that all these like uh, 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 people that that are, are theorists and mm-hmm. stuff. There is, I'm going to say this, like this, the devil's advocate argument. Mm-hmm. Whatever. We try to view everything from all sides a little bit. Yeah. Sometimes uh, I believe it from all sides. You've got a built-in convenient ending if you don't want to do this stuff anymore. Mm-hmm. If you've been talking to people about aliens for decades and you're like, I don't want to. I think I've, I think ta- I, I'm I tapped think I out. I don't care anymore. I you think just I got like, it. Yeah, I know a guy in a hat looked at me once and yeah, uh, yeah then my my camera broke. So I better I cut it out. Sorry, everyone. I can't do it anymore. I bet it was the men in black. Bye I can't bye. put myself in this kind of danger. Yeah, yeah. We know. all know about the men in black. You like can just they're stop whenever you want. They're the boogeyman. We right. all like everybody has the same language in this community. If I say the men in black are after me, like nobody's yep. gonna fault me for wanting to stop. Absolutely. They know the danger. It's almost the code word for like yeah. stop. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's men in black cool yeah very cool cool right yeah yeah I that a lot yeah um uh i didn't talk about it because mm-hmm. it uh it felt like i might say things that probably wouldn't be nice okay mom and i went to uh oh right yes there was a thing at a, a local library nearby that our mom saw Man, libraries are real hotbeds of spreading information about aliens and stuff the bridgeport library in connecticut gives me albert bender well they're hotbeds of spreading information <laughs> Say that like it's like not what they usually do. It's almost all they do, you could say. Fair point. Go on. <laughs> so mom saw a thing that somebody had basically I say this, I say this to diminish it as much as possible. I was gonna say she saw a thing that somebody booked a room to talk about aliens. <laughs> okay. What it is, it was it was it was like there was a, a an advertisement that yeah. a guy was gonna be talking about uh alien abduction yeah. cases. This one particular man's story, his name was like Billy Ray Muffin or something. Billy Ray Muffin. Oh he had Billy a- Meyer. Was it? I feel like he had like kind of a, a crazy name, like Boots McGill or something. Oh, hold on, that's the guy who was telling the stories. Oh, do you remember the guy's name? Okay, I okay, do, yeah, yeah. Say it. Okay. So, uh, uh, it was this guy that was uh, telling a room of people. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a lot of seats in that room. Yep, I saw a picture. Yeah. Uh, and uh, there were a few of us. Mm-hmm. It was very interesting. Yeah. Uh, but it was about a guy not dissimilar from this injured cold mm-hmm. who uh. Uh, believe that he'd had sort of encounters and stuff. Yeah. And that government agencies were after him and that there had been 21 assassination attempts on him. Wow, that's... Uh, Mom and I had a lot of questions about why those assassination attempts didn't... That's a lot of times to fail, right? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I'm glad they did, but I'm just saying. And for them to like... Was this from the government, he's saying? Yeah. Why are they so bad at it? I know, that was kind of what I was thinking. Okay, go ahead. And the answers weren't quite satisfying the questions <laughs> mm-hmm. so at a certain point we left we sat in the room we sat in the room for like an hour and a half yeah and then he was answering someone's question there was a woman in the front row who was getting pretty combative uh-huh she was, like, she was like this story's full of holes oh god and oh like, my god like Just... i went there the person who's delivering us the information obviously believes in the story of billy ray muffin right <laughs> and billy ray muffin obviously believes in his experiences yeah um, but I went there knowing that it was entertainment. Yes. You know, I didn't go there expecting real concrete information. Uh, yeah. You're this, not looking to, I don't know, 
you're not too concerned about the veracity and right. the holes, right? But there came a certain point where a woman in the front row was just going like, "But then why wouldn't this have happened? This far more likely event, okay?" And her point wasn't like aliens aren't real. Yeah. Her point was that like this particular <laughs> event didn't sound that realistic. Uh huh. And I was like, if you really want to poke holes in this. Just don't believe it at all. I was about to say, just say like aliens aren't real or something. So they were getting in almost like, not an argument, nobody was angry. Yeah. She seemed a little uptight. I was about to say, she um, sounds a little angry. The guy who booked the room and was delivering the information was keeping mm-hmm. like keeping his head together pretty well. But at a certain point, mom and I stood up and I kept trying to like kind of give a little wave to the guy to be like, cool, that was, that was fun. Yeah, 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 have a good rest of the night. And he never looked over at us. He's probably panicking. There were like, there were, let me think, there were seven of us in the room. They were locked in battle. Yeah, there were seven of us in the room. There was a woman with two young daughters. Yeah. Um, and every time I looked over at them, cause I was like, I wonder if she's regretting bringing her children here. Right. He'd be talking about like the planarians, <laughs> like a race of aliens yeah. that delivered information. And she'd be sitting there nodding her head like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Got all it. All right. All right. All right. And then look at the How kids. How are those kids doing? They're like working on coloring books and stuff. Okay. All right. That's fine. Okay. It's like eating Cheerios in church. Yep. Uh, it was, uh, it was a real wild scene, man. Sounds like it. Damn. <laughs> yeah. But, uh. Damn. Yeah. What was know. the guy's name presenting the information? I'm not going to say it. Okay. I actually was surprised that you were going to, so I was just going to go with it. I think that's fine. No, I think it was Billy Meyer is the person who saw the aliens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the person that did the presentation yeah. had just been like uh, amazed by the story, yeah. Yeah. essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there was an amazing thing where um, he had a PowerPoint presentation and he kept going like, all right, here we go. I've got, I've got, uh, you know, there aren't many slides. I'll be showing you a, f- a few slides though. Were there a ton of slides? And he starts cycling through and he gets like the third slide. And there are a bunch of pictures of UFOs and he goes, now these, so you can see the UFOs in these pictures. There is one picture. There's one picture in particular that is amazing. It is like, you know, uh, absolute evidence of of seeing a, a spaceship from somewhere else. And I tried to get it in here, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I just couldn't. Um, I just couldn't get it in here. I was well, like, don't tell us. I was thinking like, yeah, don't tell me about that. Yeah. And also like, how? Why is it any different from getting the other stuff? You yeah, why couldn't there, you get it in there? In there, I don't understand what the difference is. Weird. And then he he hits right again, and there's just like a blank slide, and he goes, "Huh." He keeps hitting right on the keyboard, and he goes, "Well, I guess that's the um, I guess that's it." That's how it ended. That's how that part ended. And then he at about the forty five minute mark, he went, and there's just he was he he was like telling us stories about the assassination attempts and uh-huh. stuff, and he goes. And boy, I mean, some of the things that Billy has experienced are really, you know, really amazing and really wild and stuff that you wouldn't believe. Stuff that would really like blow your mind. Try me. And he goes, but you know, there's, there's so much like I can't even really get into it. So, um, why are you doing this presentation? Why don't we just open it up to questions? (laughs) I have a question. What kinds of things? What's the other half of this thing? Yeah. I know this was free, but what's going on? That's so weird. <laughs> How come you couldn't get a picture in your PowerPoint? Yeah. What's wrong with your PowerPoint? It should have been no different from the other pictures you put in there. Theoretically. He gave us a handout. I have it somewhere. Yeah. We'll have to do some research and see if it... <laughs> okay. But... Uh, I think uh, we'll have to do some research to find it. Or- yeah. Just, uh, it's... I don't know. It, I was excited about going to this thing to like talk about it on the show. Yeah. And I went and I was like... 
It wasn't great fodder. I can't really talk about it. Well, because I don't really have anything. Right. No, I know. I would say I'd feel bad. Totally. About, about really saying. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's not a great topic. No, just like it, I feel like it didn't go the way the guy wanted it to. Yeah. And um, yeah. But as we were leaving, you know, mom's like, you know, this is not the kind of thing that mom would want to do. Yeah. As we were leaving, mom was like, I can't believe we went to this. Yeah. You know, and I was like, of course, like if I meet this thing, I'm going to this. Yeah. Thing. I couldn't. I had a friend's birthday dinner to go to. Otherwise, I would have been there. Yeah. And so we were leaving and mom knows like some of the librarians yeah so she like waved goodbye to somebody and then she was like oh boy i wonder if she's like what is kathy doing oh here? yeah you know? i wonder if they think that mom's like a wacko now yeah for sure i hope so that's um, awesome but it's also awesome to think that like um uh these little library rooms mm-hmm. sometimes you're in there and it's kids like making macaroni yeah artwork and stuff like that yeah um sometimes you go there and it's like an author talking about a book Sometimes it's just some guy wants to talk about aliens for a while. I know. You know? Which is really sweet. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. It was great. It was well, great. William, we're going to have a good uh, story to talk about this weekend. That's right. A little bit of a field trip thing. Guys, I've said it on the last couple of episodes that we're using your Patreon bucks for good. William and I are going to the NJ HorrorCon this weekend on Saturday. Yeah, so that's it's right. Saturday, September 22nd. We're going to go there. We don't have a firm plan. We're probably going to live stream here and there. We're going to check in with you guys, post pictures and stuff. So I would just say keep an eye on the Guides the Unknown uh, social media on Saturday because we should be showing you some cool stuff. Yeah. We might get to see some celebrities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, shake some hands. Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. Shake some hands, kiss some butts. Yep. For sure. Without a <laughs> doubt. Um, yeah. It's, it's where is it? Atlantic City? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if anybody out there is also going, yeah. let us know. Oh, yeah. Totally. Get in touch with us. We're mm-hmm. at GTTUPod yep. on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can send us a message, whatever. Yep. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm, We've got to do some live streaming. Yeah, we totally will. We'll have, no, of course. We'll have some dispatches from the horror con. So thank you so much for donating to Patreon because we use that to get tickets, to get us down there because it's a bit of a schlep. Yeah. And yeah, it should be really sweet. I think it'll be really fun to see what we come up with. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a weird, good time. I'm Mm -hmm. really looking forward to it. I wanted to go for like several years. Me too. I kind of wish we went when it was 10 minutes away. Yeah. Not going to lie. Yep. There was uh, in recent years. Until last year. I mean, until this year, it's been. 15 minutes away yeah and now it's two to three yeah but i mean it's fine two, but I'm, two to three minutes <laughs> hours hours Excuse. yeah no I mean, it's, it's fine i'm just saying yeah no we'll, we'll, would we'll, have been convenient it would have been yeah. but we're gonna make a party out of <laughs> yeah, it yeah no be be so, i love long drives um yeah but that does yeah. bring us to the end of another episode That's of right. guide to the unknown mm-hmm. so thank you all so much for hanging out with us yeah uh if you want to contribute to the show as well mm-hmm. uh chris and i are looking at other cool things that we can do yep with the uh, money donated to us on Patreon. Yeah, and if you have um, any suggestions, again, have at, contact us either through at GTTUPod on any social media or GTTUPod at gmail.com. Yeah, things you'd like us to talk about, mm-hmm. things you'd like us to to go out there and explore. Yeah, things you'd like to implant in my brain without me knowing for me to use the topic on the show. Exactly. Uh, you can do that by signing up on Patreon.com slash GTTUPod mm-hmm. or just look up Guide to the Unknown in the Patreon app. Yep. You can donate whatever you're comfortable with on a monthly basis. Absolutely. Um, we really appreciate it. Yeah. You can also go out there and spread the word of GTTU to help uh, spread our influence across mm-hmm. the internet and in the real world alike. That's right. Uh, tell your friends about our podcast. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, subscribe to us wherever you listen to shows. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can even speak to us individually online. That's right. I'm at Chillin' Kristen on Instagram. I am at Haunted Sponge. So we will be back next week to tell you more terrifying stories from the wide world of horror. That's right. And... 
Uh, definitely pay attention to our social media because on Saturday you yeah. can get extra from us at NJ Horror Con. Yeah, I think it's going to be really cool. I think it's going to be fun. I yeah. think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be weird. Yeah, totally. I think there are going to be some things that we're like, oh my God, we need to tell people about this right now. Oh, so I think we're going to be doing a lot of live streaming and stuff. And then those live streams will be saved so you can just like look at the videos later. But I think that our social media is going to be blowing up on Saturday. Yeah. So if you don't follow us already, it would be a good time to. Yeah, exactly. So get yeah. in the mix with us. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, until that special time comes. Mm -hmm. We must travel to Atlantic City, go away, which is another world. Bye. <laughs>